Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show, brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. He is RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? Stats, you suck, you smell, and I hate your face trying to be mean to me now because you heard what mm-hmm. me and BLG said on the off-day debrief about how yeah, you're too nice. what you want. Shut up. You're dumb. I hate everything <laughs> you say. All right. Sorry for being kind. You know, I actually, yeah, I, I don't think anyone will be surprised by this. My senior year of high school, you get all the superlatives, most courteous right here. All right. That's what I won. So you know what, Stats? You can take your he's too nice and you can do whatever you want with it. I hope you do something pleasant with it because sorry for loving you and showering <laughs> you with attention and favor. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry, you jerk. Wow. You really told me. Uh, if you're new to this show, this is where we look at the four biggest matchups of the week. We take a deep dive into those and then we hit every other game that's going to be played on Thursday or Sunday. As always, we remind you, please rate, review and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. You get this show, you get our daily updates, all the great work that is going on. It is a small thing that you can do, but it makes a big, big difference for us. If you leave a question in your review, I promise you, we will read it on the show. RJ, are you into Squid Game at all? Uh, I'm not. I actually have been waiting for somebody to ask me about this. I um, don't totally know what it's about. I've seen most of the things about it on TikTok. I haven't really seen a lot of it anywhere else. Um, but I, I think you probably watched it. If I know you, you probably checked it out. You want to know what everybody's talking about. Yeah, I watched it. I'm hip, man. I just, I <laughs> want you to know I'm up on all the latest trends and you can tell, cause I just said the phrase I'm hip. And well, I mean, did you, did you come away with anything? Apparently there's like an end that's somewhat shocking. Like did, did you lose any sleep at night? Like what's, what's the impact on, on your day-to-day life? You know, the end was okay. Uh, the show itself was very good. The ending could have been better in my opinion, but I think it's definitely worth your time. I just, I didn't know if you were, you know, part of this, this show that's taking over the world, but I guess you're too cool for us. Um, I don't have a ton of time for shows cause that's, I work really hard. Oh, uh, too <laughs> busy for television. Um, but, um, I'll have, you know, I have discussed this with you, uh, a, like a year and a half ago, I committed to watching Seinfeld all the way through because I had never done that before. And I was watching it on Hulu and it left Hulu to head to Netflix. And so there was like a two month window where I didn't have it to watch. And it just recently hit Netflix. So I've picked that back up. So that's been my priority on Netflix. Not not this game of squid that you seem to be into. 
Yeah, you should definitely catch up on a show that debuted like 30, 40 years ago. That is really the priority. Sometimes stats, your words hurt. Just want you to know that. Sometimes <laughs> the things you say could be hurtful. All right. Well, let's say some nice things then about some teams as we begin our deep dives here. The first game we're going to look at is not only the game of the week, could be one of the games of the year, which is amazing considering Chargers-Browns that we saw last week and Ravens-Colts that we saw on Monday night. But Chargers and Ravens, RJ, Baltimore is giving two and a half points. This is just going to be a fun game all around. Is it? Because I kind of think this is just a Chargers blowout win. Um, you know, I love Baltimore. I love Kyle Barber. All right. Big Ravens guy. And by the way, screw the dudes on the oddcast who suddenly want to throw roses at Lamar Jackson. Like they've been believers all along. I am the OG Lamar Jackson stand. So don't, you know, come at me with any of this, but, uh, as true as that is, you know, the Ravens were down against the Colts, right? The Ravens, you know, have flirted with fire a lot they were down against the lions like if not for some miraculous crazy unbelievable things their record could look a lot different here and the chargers are like hitting their stride i think this is a chargers not blowout but a convincing win uh that really kind of gasses up all the chargers hype that's you know unstoppable at this point normally i would say the chargers have the best quarterback in this game by far because it's justin herbert and frankly i think you can make the argument that he's the best quarterback in the entire league right now but coming off what lamar jackson did last week rj 442 yards passing four touchdowns also ran for 62 yards like i'm not quite sure which quarterback's playing better right now i know i'm not quite sure it's not lamar jackson that's fair i mean and i don't at all mean to say or intimate that, that is not the case lamar is Lamar might be the MVP of the league through the first five weeks. And, and Justin Herbert might be the only guy that's like right behind him. Well, Dak Prescott, obviously. Uh, but I mean, this, this is, and I actually kind of hate this for the chargers, like, and for us as football fans, because we've gotten these like massive games in September and October, right? Like this chargers chiefs game, chargers, Browns, charger Ravens. I mean, I, I want to save this for when, you know, it's cooler outside. Like, I want to see Justin Herbert doing this in some long sleeps. I just, you know, for the for the theater of it all. But stats, I will say, after this, the road looks very, very, very nice for the Chargers. They're on their bye next week. But after that, New England, at Philadelphia, Minnesota, Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football, at Denver, at Cincinnati, the New York Football Giants. Their next difficult game comes on December 19th against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is on Thursday Night Football, to be fair. A team that they've already beaten this season. Mm -hmm. And that game's at home. So it is December, but it's, it's you know, I don't know how much lightning there is in the L.A. area in, in mid-December. But, I mean, <laughs> it, it it's it's not the cold, you know, in, in intimidating environment that is Arrowhead. And so this they have made it through this incredibly difficult stretch with an impressive record to boot. Uh, they're only lost again, coming to the best team in the NFL. You know, I think of the chargers as this like super high powered offense and they are, they score 28 points per game, but the Ravens score 27 points per game. And I don't think of them, you know, as like having this high powered offense, maybe that's just my perception of things. And both defenses are coming in. I mean, Baltimore allowed Carson Wentz to look great on Monday night football. If, if, you know, any other outcome happens in that game. Everybody's singing the praises of Carson Wentz about how Frank Reich is, you know, patching him up and it's working out there. Meanwhile, the Chargers got lit up by Baker Mayfield last week. So, like, this could be kind of like we saw the Cleveland Charger game last week, just like a 40 to 40 some odd game. I hope so. I mean, this has game of the week potential written all over it. And 
right now this might you know this is a battle i think of of mvp candidates but it might also be a battle of coach of the year candidates i don't want to dismiss sean mcdermott's candidacy in that sense but john harbaugh's on fire brandon staley uh, has had his moments, but certainly on fire and certainly had some wise words this week as well in terms of uh, off the field things. But uh, this is the game of the week and I will take the Chargers stats. Obviously, um, I don't care about the points. I uh, I got the Chargers to win, to be clear. If Lamar has just like a regular Lamar game and not a crazy, oh my God, he's doing everything Lamar game. Do the haters come back out or do you think we've sort of turned a corner with him? Yeah, I think we've turned a corner. Like, I think, you know, like you, there's a special sector of haters that will be like, I told you, but like those people, like the people who were indifferent about it that had the wrong take, I think have atoned for it. They've done the walk of shame. Um, And so now they're here to stay Lamar Jackson among the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. I don't feel totally com- I don't feel like totally confident in it, but if I had to pick a quarterback that I think is more dependable right now and more consistent right now, it is Justin Herbert. The guy's got more 300-yard games than anybody in his first two seasons. He is a freak. Some of the throws he makes on the ro- on the move especially like deep down the field on a line it is stunning to me. And I, like I said, I think he's going to be the MVP. He was my preseason MVP pick. He is absolutely living mm. up to it. And I I've never heard that before because well. all the all the talk I hear is that BLG picked him. I've never yeah, heard he any never evidence. includes yeah. me on that. We picked him in the same show. I told him about that last week. Like, yeah, congratulations, dude. You picked Herbert. So did I. Also, how funny is it, Stats, that BLG has assigned his only emotion this football season to the Los Angeles Chargers and that even they have lost to the Dallas Cowboys this season. BLG just always loses to the Cowboys, it seems. I mean, we are going to talk about the Cowboys later. I, <laughs> d- I really don't think you had to shoehorn them into the show at that particular juncture. I did. It's the rule. It's America's team. All right. Can we move on here? We're both taking the Chargers. Oh, that's going to be a, a fantastic game. I wish it was in prime time, to be honest with you, because it deserves more love. Yeah, and this week's Sunday night game is Basuda. Yeah, Gross. It's what? Basuda. That's Spanish for trash. I like that. I did not know that. You got to so incorporate you, more Spanish words into the show. You could say that. That's try it. Try it. Ready? That game is basura. Basura. That's there a you go. Okay. <laughs> what What's Spanish for really good? Because that's what we got coming up next in Arizona and Cleveland. Um, you could say it a number of different ways, but muy bien, muy bueno. No, no. Most Give me like a say. word. If we're going basura for trash, I need Ooh, like well caliente. It's fire. It's hot. It's fire. It's All sexy. right. I like that. We got Cardinals going to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Cleveland is favored by three points. I thought Baker and company looked awesome last week against the Chargers. I know that they lost. BLG kind of dinged them in his power rankings after having them first going into the week. Cleveland looks really, really good right now. And Arizona's coming off of that game against San Francisco, RJ, where they had to scratch and claw just to score 17 points. Yeah, I I don't know that there's ever been um, a consensus like there, there seems to be this year about the last undefeated team. Cause generally like the, the last one will go to like, you know, they'll get to eight and or nine and it's kind of par for the course in a given NFL season. And generally speaking, like in a power ranking setup, they're always like first. And it's always like, well, you got to give them deference. You know, they're, they're the last undefeated team, you know, even, you know, what was it? 2013 or whatever it was when the chiefs got to like 14 and or whatever it was. Um, even then when the Broncos were so clearly and obviously better, it was still like, well, they're undefeated. They made it this far, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Cardinals, I think we're all just like waiting for 
the bottom to come out. And like it will at a certain point and it hasn't to be fair, but it almost did against San Francisco against a head coach who I think is among the bottom 10 coaches in the NFL right now. Sorry, stats and a rookie quarterback making his first start. And you, you barely, I know it was a divisional game, whatever you want to, you know, uh, say that, you know, that factor had to do with it, but that was a really, you know, uh, I will give BLG a shout out for coining the term like moral loss. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that was a really big moral loss for the Cardinals. Whereas the Browns, I think had a moral win last week, you know, they lost, but played really well and played really well in a way that I certainly didn't think that they could. I didn't think Baker had that in him and I'm glad to be wrong there. I know you've been uh, the biggest Baker stand around the SB nation NFL show. So I do give you your credit. unlike your other co-host stats, but um I, I think the Browns are the team here to knock them off. And I think that Baker also thrives on, you know, like moments like this, like the, the chance to to knock off the last undefeated team in the NFL. This is also the Oklahoma showdown, the Heisman showdown, et cetera. We've been waiting for this game for a long time. Not the best uniform matchup, if I'm being honest with you. I don't like when orange and, and red clash. It just is it's too much for me. Uh, but I, I feel very confident that the Browns are going to win this game. I think Kyler will have an, a, a tremendous play probably involving Rondale Moore, but I think the Browns are just too much for the Cardinals overall. Yeah, one of the things I look for in these types of matchups is what are the strengths and weaknesses of each team? And do we have a situation where the strength of one team matches up against the weakness of another? And that's exactly what we have here because Cleveland is built around the running game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that is how their offense moves down the field. And the Cardinals struggle stopping the run. The Cardinals have allowed the fifth most rushing yards in the league. They allow 139 rushing yards per game. Cleveland runs for more yards per game than anybody else in the league up at 187. That's trouble for me if I'm a Cardinals fan because you know Cleveland is going to pound the rock and the Cardinals have shown no ability to stop it consistently this year. Yeah, and you know, the I'm excited to watch Kyler against this defense. And I know that Cleveland's had some some issues so far. Um, but, I mean, Miles Garrett, you know, we talk about – like, we talk about MVP a lot. But, like, Miles Garrett is, I, I think, the clear – outside of Trayvon Dix, the clear front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and so that might be the thing I'm most looking forward to here. Because I will say, if if the Cardinals can win and if if Kyler can avoid them, I mean, okay, it might – you know. Then I then we might believe a little bit here, but um, I just I don't think that that's happening in this game. And I also think stats. If I'm predicting a take, I think that on Sunday evening slash Monday morning, people will say because I I could see this being like a Browns blowout, honestly, and 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 you know, kind of in the fourth quarter, like the you know the broadcast being like, wow, you know, Arizona was undefeated. You know, nobody really saw us coming. We didn't listen to look ahead, but <laughs> but um, after the game, people being like, told you. J.J. Watt should have signed with the Browns. That will be the take that people come up with next week. J.J. Watt had a fantastic game against the 49ers last week, that jerk. Um, One thing I want to ask you about is San Francisco did an incredible job against Kyler on the ground. Kyler Murray had seven carries for one yard last week against the 49ers. Do you think that he is going to run more against Cleveland? Because I feel like the Cleveland's kind of built the same way in that they can have Miles Garrett chasing him all over the place like the 49ers did with Nick Bosa. I think he's going to have to run out of necessity. I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, you can you can think that it, it won't be the case. And so I and some, you know, we've seen him really grow and develop to where he doesn't rely on that as much anymore. Um, but but I think, you know, if there's a game where it's like, hey, dude, smash the, the panic button more often than not, it's against Miles Garrett. So I, I definitely think that that will be the case. But again, I just 
Nick Chubb is so good, dude. I mean, like, I think that the Browns are just too much for them in every phase of the game. The Browns are like a light, like L-I-T-E version of the Bills. Like, they're they're very, very, very good at just about every single thing. You think Cleveland is diet Buffalo? I would say so, yeah. I think that's a compliment. I don't know about that, but think about what's at stake in this game for both sides, right? Cleveland could really use the win. If they win this game, they go to four and two. Baltimore could very well lose to the Chargers, which would then put Cleveland in a in a tie for the lead in the division. And for the Cardinals, like they're trying to stay ahead of the Rams this week, even though they're undefeated. Like there's not a lot of room for error there. They need this win. Otherwise, the NFC West gets a lot tighter. The outcome of this game is big for both sides. I will say stats along those lines. A little bit of a loser uh, at this point in the season is the, the NFC West juice. We thought like, oh, this could be the, the division to send four teams to the playoffs. I would contend that the AFC North is actually a, a more interesting division than the NFC West. I mean, I'm sorry to you, and, and I know I've been inordinately kind this episode, but this this will hurt. I mean, this is a two-team race in the NFC West, and not just two teams for the division. I think that Arizona and L.A. are the only two playoff teams emerging from the West, especially given the Russell Wilson situation. Kyle Shanahan is the situation in San Francisco, as Niners Nation has told us many a time. But in the AFC North, you've got the Browns. I mean, you mentioned like they, they're in the you know the race for the division. They're third right now in the AFC North. I mean, they're behind Cincinnati. I mean, so and that's what Cincinnati losing last week. I mean, so I I'm excited about the AFC North. I mean, the the Steelers are you know the biggest frauds, but like the AFC North is sending three teams. I'm starting to come around to that. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far yet. I still don't believe in Cincinnati in any kind of way. But you're right. Like right now, they're. They are what their record says they are, and so that's what we have to go on. I think I'm going to go with Cleveland. I will give the points. I agree with you. I think they win, and I think they win much more convincingly than most people think. Mm. So you basically stole everything I said. Good for you. I don't have a comeback for that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Let's go to our next game on the list. Green Bay traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. The Bears are getting four and a half points in this game. Normally, I would say, hey, it's the, the Bears Packers. are getting four and a half points in this game. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. I'm I'm dumb. We both had dumb moments here, Stats. Yours <laughs> is far worse than mine. Um, <laughs> normally, I would say, like, Packers, don't worry about it. But when they're facing a mobile quarterback, RJ, sometimes I feel like mobile quarterbacks are equalizers because they can do things off script and outside of the structure of the offense that you just can't always account for for a defense. And this is a Packers defense that has no Zadarius Smith, no Jair Alexander. They're not exactly a great pass rushing team anyway. I give the Bears a puncher's chance in this game. I think that's fair. I also, I mean, like, I know a moment ago I, I kind of threw some love at the Bengals, but if I'm being, like, totally honest, I mean, I don't know if I really believe in the Bengals. And that's an important point here because, A, they are a CB team, just like the Bears. You know, Packers playing back-to-back CB, Cincinnati Bengals, Chicago Bears. We already talked about the Cleveland Browns. But, um, I mean, the Packers really played down to that Bengals team, I thought. And and Joe Burrow is exceptional, certainly much better than, than Justin Fields is at the moment. Um, I mean, like, sizably better. But I – I, I think that the Packers, like, I think we're starting to see that. What you and I have been saying and nobody else, we knew that the Packers were a little bit fraudulent here. And this is a nice stretch for them if we're being totally honest with ourselves. I mean, after this, they get Washington. I mean, think about it. these three, these four games in a row after that, that game winner against San Francisco, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, now in Chicago, then Washington. And so everybody's like, oh, watch out. This team's going to challenge for the NFC title. I would not be stunned if, if Chicago found a way to win because of Justin Fields. I agree that that's an equalizer, but I think 
the like unequalizer, so to speak, is uh, Matt Nagy. I mean, <laughs> because like he almost like I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a coach who's so like depressed about like the fact that his his, <laughs> his quarterback is succeeding. I mean, it just it feels broken and awkward and wonky. Um, I don't like it. He reminds me of have you ever seen the movie The Cooler with William H. Macy? No, he plays some like he's this like morose person who works at a casino and like something about him is just like really negative in terms of energy and so like if if somebody at the like you're playing craps stats and you're hot you're like picking up you know you're winning and and making all sorts of cash he just goes and sits and starts playing and like the bad luck befalls you like that's that's who he's the cooler and that's who Matt Nagy is and so like as hot as Justin Fields might be able to be we haven't necessarily seen that but Matt Nagy will be the guy to cool it off can I just say as a side note and I don't know if I should admit this as a 36-year-old man. I have no idea how craps works. I don't know how it works. Me neither. I, that, that was a bad example. Let's we'll just say blackjack. You know what I mean? But I have no idea how it works either. I'm totally with you. Like, how do you you have to roll a seven, but then you don't have to roll a seven? I don't know how you bet on it. Why is it the stick no like sense curved and it, like it's it's super weird and I don't like it? We'll stick to blackjack, hold them, you know what I mean? Like more simplistic games like that. Yeah, I don't get it at all. If you know how it works, please, uh, I'm at Stats on Fire on Twitter. He is at RJ Ochoa, or you can drop uh, the comment in the review that you're going to leave for us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. Here's another thing for the for the Packers, RJ, and maybe this is like, so what? You can't stop it anyway. But 56% of the Packers' offensive yards have come from Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Mm. Like, that's all they have. That is all they have. And the Bears do not have a bad defense. And maybe they're just so good that it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers is certainly capable of making just those FU throws where it doesn't matter if your cornerback is right there, he fits it in. But doesn't that have to catch up with Green Bay eventually? Well, I think we're seeing it catch up with Kansas City in a different sense, right? Like teams have learned, take away Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? And and you can find you can have success. And so I, I know it's not that simplistic, but take away Devontae Adams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and and it will be a much easier day for you. And so I agree with you, like, fundamentally. And that's why I can't wait to watch them play Arizona. But this is the Bears, dude. I mean, Aaron Rodgers owns them. I mean, Aaron Rodgers owns the Cowboys, but he, like, owns, owns the Bears. You know, I mean, so far be it for me to believe that this is the game where the Packers kryptonite really starts to show up. I think it's lurking, but, I mean... This is the Bears. And I think Justin Fields raises that floor, but some some forces are too impossible to overcome, and the Chicago Bears are one of them. I, I'm going to get this wrong because um, I read it earlier this morning, so apologies for not having the total fact. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers was asked uh, this week, I guess, to name all of the, I think it was 16 quarterbacks that he has played against in Chicago over his career as a Green Bay Packer. And I think he named four. Uh, so I mean like it's I mean and think of it like the only ones I can name are Kyle Orton Jay Cutler um it gets a little bit tough after that Jason Campbell uh so the the list like in order chronologically very quickly Kyle Orton Rex Grossman Jay Cutler who's the longest tenured Todd Collins Caleb Haney who got into that NFC championship game back in 2010 um so shout out to him Josh McCown we forgot Jason Campbell you're the only one who would have got that stats Jimmy Clausen Matt Barkley Brian Hoyer Mitchell Trubisky Mike Glennon Chase Daniel Nick Foles and Andy Dalton are the quarterbacks that the Bears have had since 2008 
My God. The only reason I remember Jason Campbell is because he started against Colin Kaepernick and Kaepernick's first start on Monday Night Football. Oh, got, yeah. In San Francisco at Candlestick. I remember that now. Yeah. And he got absolutely destroyed by that defense. Yeah. The Bears can't get a quarterback this just in. And uh, I, I think I'm actually going to take the Bears with the points in this one. Dumb. I'll take the four and a half even though I think that the Packers will win this game, but I think it's not going to be easy. Green Bay has scored fewer and fewer points as the season has gone along, RJ. 35, 30, 27, 25. They're due for like a 20-point game. That's Maybe enough. the Bears can keep it close enough to win with the points. I'll take the Packers. Why? But because of the entire discussion that we just had. <laughs> yeah, but why male models? What? You serious? I just... I just told you that a moment ago. You don't know that line? No. Why male models from Zoolander? I've actually never seen that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Yeah. I started it once, um, and then, like, something happened. I had to leave, or I don't remember what. And it was, like, on TV, so it wasn't like I have the DVD or anything. So if oh. it's on a streaming service, I'll think about it. But, um, yeah, not happening. You have to watch it. It is fantastic. All right, let's take a break. We have one more game to take a deep dive into, and I know it's of special interest to you, RJ, because it's Cowboys and Patriots. And then, as always, we have to get to our lightning round. Caliente. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. One more deep dive to take. And I got to, I'm not going to lie to you, RJ. I was desperately searching for a game to take a deep dive into. I settled on Cowboys Patriots and here's why. Even though I think the Cowboys should win this game easily. If there is a coach out there that is going to find a way to slow down the Cowboys offense, it's going to be Bill Belichick. He slowed down Tampa Bay's offense earlier this year. Patriots are getting three and a half points in this game. What do you like? So lately um, in the blog and the boys universe, subscribe to the blog and the boys podcast network, the blog and the boys YouTube channel, check out blog and the boys.com. Um, we have been talking about expectations for this season for the Cowboys and how they've changed. And something I've talked about within that is the Cowboys have now become this should have team. Um, and this is something I've discussed with BLG on the NFC's mixtape, which you can listen to both on the blog and the boys podcast network and the bleeding green nation podcast network. You know, the Cowboys, we all said, every Cowboys fan, if they can go one and one in those first two games against Tampa and the Chargers, that's a huge win. It was never likely to beat both of those teams. But after that, you know, you remember going into that Monday night game against Philly, they were trash. And it was very obvious that they were trash. But, you know, the Cowboys have played down to those opponents before. They lost to the Jets two years ago. I mean, 
they have they have come off of a of a nice game like they did against the Chargers and then either barely won or lost and it's just they've never been able to sustain that and so they you know our challenge as Cowboys fans is go out beat the crap out of them and they did and then it was okay you got these these three and L Panthers coming to town they're a bit of a paper tiger go out and, and expose them and they did they beat the crap out of them and then it's okay you got the Giants coming to town you know they're not a great team go out beat them and unfortunately the Giants sustained a number of injuries you obviously hope all those players are doing well. And unfortunately, at halftime, Daniel Jones, you know, it looked like he was not going to play the second half. And in, in terms of the football, it became, you know what? You've got Mike Glennon, big Mike Glennon show today. Um, go out and beat the crap out of them. And they did. And so they, they are living up to the challenges. And that is very strange uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I can tell you that. And it's very nice, but it is disconcerting because you feel like the bottom is going to come out soon. And if it is ever going to come out to your point, it is going to be against the Patriots. And this isn't who the Patriots have been. We all fully acknowledge that. But there is some sort of, I think, like exorcism involved, if you want to call it that. The Cowboys <laughs> haven't beaten this team since 1996. I mean, wow. and, and they, they generally play poorly against you know the Patriots. They're never like great games for, for the brands that are you know the Cowboys and the Patriots. The only real great game they've played was, I don't know if you remember the stats, in 2007, the Cowboys and Patriots were both undefeated, and they met at Texas Stadium. T.O. called out Randy Moss for wearing number 81. It was this big old deal. Ever since then, you know, 2011 was whatever. 2015, Brandon Whedon started because Tony Romo was hurt. And Ugh. 2019, their last meeting, there was a monsoon. So it's just this low-scoring game. So the challenge is, Cowboys, go beat them. Go, go beat Bill Belichick's Patriots. It won't be the same, but on Sunday night, we'll totally act like it was if it happens. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are on their bye, too, next week, just like the Chargers. Go get to 5-1. and one. And if they do stats, they will be since losing Michael Gallup to a cap strain, since having Lyle Collins suspended, since seeing Demarcus Lawrence break his foot, Donovan Wilson have a groin injury, one of their reserve tackles, Ty Inseki, suffer heat exhaustion. If they go out and win on Sunday, they will have gone 5-0 and since all of those things befell them the Friday morning after they lost to the Buccaneers. If they win this game, the division's over. Like, you can lock it up, book it. That's so NFC East champs. We're, we're going to obviously touch on the other games, but New York has the Rams. Washington has the, the pissed-off Chiefs. And Philadelphia plays tonight on Thursday against the Buccaneers. It's very, very, very possible. In fact, arguably likely that Dallas is the only team to win in week six. And everything is rolling for them. I mean, Zeke had consecutive 100-yard games for the first time in two years. Diggs is getting an interception every freaking game this year. He has at least one in every game this year. Like, everything is coming up Cowboys right now. You know, I... Gave you a shout out stat several times this week on blogging the boys properties because you were the person who made me realize that Zeke's successful seasons have come when he has had a full body of work in the offseason 2016 2018 obviously had the holdout in 19 17 was the will he won't he be suspended and last year obviously you know was the pandemic and Zeke himself tested positive for COVID but you know what what's been fascinating is is the usage for Zeke. He is off to the third best start of his career behind only 2016 and 2018 from a yardage standpoint. He's tied for the most touchdowns through five games uh, of his career. And he's doing all of this with what is tied for the fewest amount of touches, fewest amount of rushing attempts. But beyond that stats, he has the highest yards per carry through the first five games of a season in his career. So, I mean, you, you said everything's coming up Cowboys. If if you had like designed this, you know, if, if you had if you had said what's the most perfect 
you know, result, it would be, well, we don't use him as much, so we keep him fresh, we incorporate Tony Pollard, and he still manages to outperform the ridiculous levels we've seen in the past. And then if I had said that, you would have gone, yeah, that's stupid. You know, you also want to win the lotto and, you know, whatever. But they're doing it. Like, they're, they're actually doing it, which is insane. And the insanity of it does make you feel like, this this dream has to end at a certain point. But Kellen Moore, that's that's what we're, so many people are so confident in. The first Zeke touchdown last week was incredible. It was this like fake pitch to him that Dak ultimately, you know, floated the touchdown to him on. And I mean, the Cowboys are in their bag right now. And it's it's hard to doubt them that they're starting through the shoulds. They're starting to earn more and more of the benefit of the doubt. Where do you put them in the hierarchy of the NFC? I, I would put Arizona ahead of them. You know, I think there is some deference to being undefeated, although, you know, I, I think you and I both don't believe in them to a, a long degree. But and, and the Cowboys do play them, but that, that game will be in week 17. And and so, I mean, it's hard to imagine what the Cowboys are playing for. Then maybe it is. Maybe that is the one to see game. I mean, if you're really being hypothetical here, I think you have to put them behind the Bucks, especially because they lost. I know the Bucks have had some flat moments, but the Bucks looked great last week after that. That's that's where they are for me. Um, I know you guys have your own power rankings on the oddcast, but I write some myself. Um, and I had the Cowboys fourth this week. I had Buffalo one, uh, Tampa two, or Arizona two, excuse me, Tampa three, and Dallas four. You had Dallas ahead of the Browns. Yeah. Boy, that's some home cooking right there. And those I think power the, rankings. I think they've had very similar seasons so far. I mean, and the Browns are three and two. So that's why I mean, you got to. You got to listen to the off day debrief. It's the only 100% accurate power rankings in the entire NFL podcast. No, it's not universe. because you guys crowned the Browns for their performance in Kansas City in Week One. Well, they they went down to the wire with the AFC champions, blah blah. And you guys dismissed the way Dallas played Tampa Bay in the opener, like that. That's what I'm saying. Like the Brown, one of the Browns' two losses, I think, is very comparable to Dallas's only loss in, in Kansas City and Tampa. It took them down to the wire. You can argue they should have won, etc. And the Browns lost to the Chargers. I hate to. Be be like Mr. Transitive Property Guy, but the Cowboys beat that team in that same building and and did not allow that much offensive production. So as, as stout as Cleveland's defense is, Dallas played them better a month ago. Yeah, I know. You think the Cowboys are better than everybody. They're going <laughs> to win every game. And, you know, we don't even need to talk about it. But that concludes our four deep dives. We have a lightning round for week six, RJ. Are you ready? The lightning round. First up on the dock is the game tonight. Tampa Bay going to Philadelphia. Eagles get seven. Brady's sort of hurt. He's sort of got a hand thing. Can the Eagles pull this off? No way. I think the Bucks win. I think they cover. But I think it's a late cover. I think it's a little bit close for a little while. Maybe it's like a final touchdown that puts it out of reach for Tampa. I agree. Although Jalen Hurts, I think, is better than people give him credit for. He's had like something yeah, like four no. or five touchdowns called back this season, which is just nah, crazy. But bad. yeah, Tampa's going to get that done. Let's go to London now. Dolphins taking on the Jags in a quote-unquote home game for Jacksonville. They're getting three points. Trevor Lawrence looks like crap. The Jags are crap. Miami's winning this one. Once upon a time, it used to be a situation where if you were a coach on the ropes and you lost in London, you had to get your own flight back. I wonder if that can happen to Urban Meyer. Uh, it happened to Dennis Allen uh, of the Raiders, ironically. Um, but, I mean, man, um, I, I'll take the Dolphins. I mean, the Jaguars are that bad. If you can't beat the Jags, Miami has real, real problems. Let's go to Detroit now. Cincinnati and the Lions. Detroit is getting three and a half points. Joe Burrow seems determined to do everything he can to get himself injured this year, but I still think Cincinnati gets the win. 
I think Cincinnati has something to prove to us, and I don't know that Detroit is like that opportunity. But go, go out and just win. You know, don't don't make it dramatic. Don't don't be silly about it. Just go out and win. Um, I don't know that I think they can. I'll take them, but I'm doing it with some hesitancy. They should have beaten the Packers last week. It's unbelievable that they didn't. This is the game I care least about, RJ. Houston in Indianapolis. The Colts are giving 10 points. I don't know if I want to give that many. No, I will take the Texans to cover at the very least. But yeah, this is the grossest game of the season. <laughs> I mean, like, this is disgusting. I I don't like any, I literally don't like anything about this game. I feel badly. For, I don't know who I feel badly for, but like this game just makes me feel bad. That's my primary emotion. This is the game where when red zone shows it, you're mad. That's how you know nothing you, else you, is happening. You check your phone. Like, you're like, oh, let me check my, my fantasy score. They're showing Davis Mills throwing to, you know, whoever. Exactly. Whoever. The Rams are in New York to take on the Giants. The Giants are getting 10. That is not nearly enough for me. Saquon Barkley's banged up. Daniel Jones. I mean, we don't know what's going on. The Rams are going to kill him. Also, Joe Judge continues to be very, very, very bad at his job. Uh, preaches nothing but discipline. Had a player ejected last week. And stats. I don't know if you've seen this. Giants tight end Evan Ingram uh, has apparently accused not apparently he has outright accused cowboy safety j ron curse of punching him after the game during the post-game handshakes and pleasantries obviously not a pleasant moment allegedly um according to reports here that are making their way around you know nfl circles nfl films check the tape and there is no evidence of this whatsoever Never mind the fact that two Giants players ripped off Cowboys helmets. And never mind the fact that J. Ron Curse, the player who Evan Ingram is accusing of punching him, was the first person to run to Daniel Jones's aid when he was hurt and wobbling when he got hurt. So there are big loser vibes coming from Big Blue View, which is a great website, but not a great football team right now. Kansas City is taking on the Washington football team. Washington's getting seven points. I don't know which defense is worse in this game. Kansas City's is worse, uh, to, to be clear. But um, Kansas City, the first-ranked offense by DVOA, the last-ranked defense by DVOA. I guarantee you stats in the offseason, we're going to get some sort of, like, thing piece about how Patrick Mahomes – like, this season actually proved that Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT because he carried the worst defense in the NFL, blah, blah. Kansas City will win. Kansas City will cover. But I don't know that their their problems are anywhere behind them. I agree with you completely there. Minnesota goes to Carolina to take on the Panthers. The Panthers are getting one and a half points. Sam Darnold is going to continue to show people he is a pumpkin, RJ. He threw not one, not two, but three picks last week. I think that is only going to continue. Back-to-back -back weeks where Sam Darnold has thrown multiple interceptions to a single player. Darius Slay last week, Trayvon Diggs two weeks ago. I told you when we were prepping for this that this is my prove you're not a fraud bowl game, and I think that that goes both ways. Carolina, get off the schneid. You've lost back-to-back -back games to the NFC East, the division that everybody loves to dog on. Minnesota, you pulled one off last week after keeping things way too close against the Lions. Get to three and three. I mean, we, we all believe in you to a certain degree. Get get to 500 and, and life is possible for you in November. That's a really good point. Honestly, I thought their season was circling the drain and they can potentially turn it around, at least get back to 500 with a win. The Raiders are in Denver. Denver is giving three and a half points. Obviously, we know everything going on with the Raiders. Rich Bisacci is the interim head coach. By the way, shout out to him. Fantastic opening press conference. Dropped a swear in there too, which I always appreciate. I don't know which way to go on this one. Are the Raiders going to continue to be a tire fire or are they going to rally together and actually get a boost? Because sometimes from the interim head coach, you get a boost. 
First of all, love Rich Bisaccia, former Dallas Cowboys special teams coordinator, really beloved figure in the building when he was. Left the Cowboys after a long time, specifically to go follow John Gruden in his return, um, obviously when he joined the Raiders in 2018. I'm with you, Stats. It is difficult to, to understand. And, and generally, interim coaches are after a coach was fired because the team is bad, right? Like this, I mean, I know the Raiders have been disappointing, but that isn't necessarily the case here. Obviously, this is an extremely unique situation. Um, I, I would... I think I would lean loss normally, like if they were playing the average team in the NFL. But because the Broncos are the most fraudulent frauds in the NFL, this might be a win. And and this, if it is a win, especially a divisional win, man, that could be so good for for this team. And I, I really want, you know, the team to have a, a great moment. I think the players and the, the other coaches on their staff and everybody, I mean, their fans, Raiders fans, I really want them to have a, a great moment. Um, obviously, this is a horrible situation, but um, if they get that divisional win, that could really, really help them. I, I don't know that they're out of the running, you know, to be a wild card team this least, at least I, this season. I agree with you. They go Eagles next, then at the Giants, then they play the Chiefs. Like there's an opportunity for the Raiders to stack a couple wins together if they can do it. Last game we're going to look at Seattle with no Russell Wilson going to Pittsburgh. The Steelers are giving five and a half points. If it were any other offense that Seattle was facing, I would feel really good. But like the Steelers offense stinks. There's no Juju Smith-Schuster. What do you see in this, RJ? Stats, this is going to annoy you so much because the Seahawks are going to beat the Steelers. And it, it's going it's going to have the world talk. Because you know how like how Twitter can be during a Sunday night game. Like, you know, every, everyone kind of latches on to, to a, a certain like tree of ideas. And it will be like Pete Carroll has done a phenomenal job. And they'll show like Russell Wilson, if if he's there in person, like in, in his like Seahawks, like half zip or whatever, like rooting oh, them on. Or if he's God. not, he'll tweet like, you know, a photo of him at home, like a go Hawks, and it will drive you up a wall. And I don't know that I'll, that we'll be able to discern that the Seahawks are legitimately going to maybe survive until Russell Wilson gets back. But the Steelers are that bad. I will correct myself. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the biggest fraudulent frauds in the National Football League this season. Cool. They got a win last week. Again, it was against the Denver Broncos. Like, it does not mean anything to me. And then the conversation will be, because this is what happens. People go, like, it's such a sign curve, you know, up and down. People are like, what happened? The Steelers won last week. They were back. The offense was back. They scored in the first quarter. Nah, dude, this team sucks. This offense sucks. <laughs> the Seahawks. I, Jamal Adams is going to have, like, four sacks in this game. Oh, God, spare me from that. Gino didn't look horrible when he filled in. It's just I think the Seahawks defense is so bad. It's not going to be fair to him to have to score, you know, 28 points a game. I'll take the Steelers in this one. I don't think they cover, but I just have to take Ben over Geno Smith, even a weakened lesser Ben on the back nine of his career. Mm. he's not on the back nine dude <laughs> like the clubs are in 18? the trunk no the clubs <laughs> are in the trunk like he's he's checking his emails and text messages from when he was playing he's already taken off the cleats and he's got the, the flip-flops on like this is way beyond the back nine well there you go that is the look ahead for this week again we remind you please rate review subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show if you leave a question in your review especially if you're mean to RJ I will read it on the show you have a fantastic week RJ you have a great week, Stats. I love you.